0: You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson
1: Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? All right. Iron Bowl week. Here we are. Boy, that was. Uh, that was far from, uh, you know, for the gipper there. Uh, what a shitty intro you gave yourself. Well, it's kind of a shitty
0: Iron Bowl week, really. When you think about it, this has to be the least hyped Iron Bowl of our
1: lives. It's one of them because even the one in 2012, people were psyched to see how bad we were going to beat them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: Um, Jimmy, oh, the, we are cutting this podcast as the college football playoff rankings will be coming out here shortly. Um, and, I mean, I think it's fair to say it's going to be one, Bama, two, Notre Dame, three, Ohio State, four, Clemson. I think uh, A&M could be there. I just saw a report that says Wisconsin is ineligible for the rankings. Is that right? I don't. Uh, I haven't seen that. Uh, I don't know that they're
0: ineligible for the rankings, but they are now going to be ineligible for the Big Ten championship game. They will. They will not play in enough games before December nineteenth because their game is being canceled again this weekend as they have more rampant COVID uh, cases. So Wisconsin will just not be able to play in enough games to qualify to play in the Big Ten. Uh, championship and without playing in the Big Ten championship, I mean you can forget what, whatever playoff argument they would have had. And they don't have one anyway. They just lost to Northwestern. Yeah. So Wisconsin is, is just sort of done for 2020. I mean they really are. I mean they've lost to Northwestern. They can't play in the Big Ten title game. You can just, you know how uh, Seth Davis, uh, you know, says a sharpie. You know, <laughs> you know when, yeah. when someone wins. I, I I don't know what he says when someone loses. But but I, I erase delete. I guess you can just delete Wisconsin.
1: Yeah, you know, and it does bring up an interesting point. At what at what time will some teams say, you know what, um, we're not going to play anymore. We might play in a bowl game, you know, because by that time we could have, uh, you know, maybe we have vaccinations or maybe we figured something else out or whatever. But we're just sort of done playing in the regular season. We, we're out of it. So we're just done. I mean, at what point do whole teams start doing that? Uh, I think to some extent LSU has. Uh, I mean, that's a joke. But
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, no, no I, I do think I, 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 we we will see that. We will see that for sure.
1: Um, uh, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, the Minnesota at Wisconsin game has been canceled because of COVID issues at Minnesota, I'm now. Wisconsin now ineligible for Big Ten title. Uh, so Northwestern only needs one win in the final three to clinch the Big Ten title bird. I mean, which means Ohio State's going to play Northwestern for the Big Ten Championship, which is, I mean, just going to be a layup. Um, and that just is what it is. I mean, that's why Ohio State should be the three seed and, and nothing more. I, in fact, I would go so far as say, unless chaos absolutely hits and Ohio State goes undefeated, um, I think even a one loss, Clemson or Alabama or anybody like that should be ahead of Ohio State. But that's just me. Um, that's just the way I see this thing. Um, so, Jimmy, of course, tonight is the first basketball game. We certainly want to talk about that uh, here in just a little bit. But right now, what I want to do, this is going to be an abbreviated podcast for everybody out there. We're we're, we're like y'all, we got family and Thanksgiving stuff to do. So, um, I'm going to tell everybody about Core's Light really quickly. You need a I'm drinking one right now. Oh, God. Drink one right now. You're so cool. Um, I would be drinking one, but I got a TV show to do in like an hour and 15 minutes. And if I get hammered before that TV show, it would not be a good thing. Um, it's however, a Coors light thing. is a good thing. It's fantastic. I love them. That's only That's only beer in my refrigerator right now. Sometimes I have some funky beers cause somebody will come over and forget them, but I don't buy funky beers. I like Coors light. Why would I change? Um, go to Coors light.com. Check them out there. And uh, also go to your local convenience store, local grocery store. Um, Local water and hold. Just get you some Coors Light any which way you can. Go to your neighbors and borrow some. I don't care. Just go get it. Coors Light is the beer to made to chill. And you want to chill out this weekend as your family's going to stress you out, the Iron Bowl's going to stress you out. Well, this will help knock the edge off. Coors Light made to chill. Go to CoorsLight.com. It's brewed right there in Golden, Colorado, in the good old US of A. But we do say, please, please, please drink responsibly. Also, this podcast, as always, is brought to you by Built Bar. BuiltBar.com, B-U-I-L-T-B-A-R.com is the place to go to find some delicious, nutritious health bars. And I say health bars not in a way that makes you think, oh, man, this is another bar that tastes like cardboard that pretends it's got chocolate on it. Yay, uh-uh. This has real chocolate. It tastes awesome. It has flavors like carrot cake, which is fantastic. Telling you, carrot cake's the way to go. Um, but they got 18 flavors, so if carrot cake's not your bag, some one of these other flavors will be. You got a one in 18 shot, and you're probably going to hit 18 out of 18. So go to builtbar.com and check them out. And I'm telling you right now, this is uh, j- just something you've got to have in your nutritional arsenal. Your nutritional arsenal. That's what I'm going with. That is a beautiful uh, statement. I, like I just came yeah. And you need to use promo code locked on. You're going to get a little bit extra discount this week. I'm not going to tell you what the discount is. I'm going to make you go there and see it yourself. But it's a big one, and you're going to love it. Go to builtbar.com. Use promo code Locked On. Okay, Jimmy. Really quickly, let's talk about what are your what's your favorite Iron Bowl memory? Oh wow!
0: Oh, uh, the Van Tiffen kick in '85. Were you there? I'm uh, no no uh actually watched that with uh with equal number of Alabama and Auburn fans is my uh, my, <laughs> my recollection of that uh it, it was a wild scene I don't even want to say it's that though um it seems too me I'll tell you what it was I think it was 1990 and and, and I was crazy oh. but Auburn had won four years in a row and I was a student uh, at Alabama after losing to Auburn four years in a row and Alabama snapped the streak. Believe it or not, Alabama fans are being embarrassed now, but it's just a fact. It's true. I mean, many Alabama fans rushed the field, Legion field, when the game was over. Uh, I did not, but several, <laughs> several did, mostly students. It wasn't a wild mob scene, but there were a lot of Alabama fans and students on the field when the game was over. I think in retrospect that's kind of embarrassing. But I do think it also illustrates – the frustration at the time of, of losing to Pat Dye and, I and Auburn, four years in a row, are very good Auburn teams. Most of those Auburn teams were SEC champions or co-SEC champions during that losing streak. very frustrating. So that probably that 1990 game uh, as well as 92, uh, where we would later win the national championship, but that game was sort of tight. Even though Alabama was favored to win, uh, Alabama, it was a tight game until Antonio Langham, with a pick six in the second half, kind of kind of was was the death blow for Auburn in that game. So I, I, I would say those games stand out to me just off the cuff.
1: Yeah, I was at both of those games, by the way. Um, the 90 game was great. I mean, that is a really underrated game. And that is also the game when I think the nation was first introduced to Dabo Sweeney, because I think it, it was Jim Nance that tells the story about uh, Dabo did it, Dabo did it. Um, in that game, I'm almost positive that's the junior Sewell game where he comes out of practically nowhere. Uh, and I yep. think who was the guy from? Was it uh, shoot? Was it Parker or Viger? Robert? Um, the running back. Robert. Robert, what? Robert Parker. Robert Parker. I was going to say Robert Parker. No, Robert yeah, Gilbert. Gilbert.
0: Robert yeah. Jones from Parker. Robert Jones
1: from Parker. That's what Robert it is. Jones from, Robert Jones from Parker. That's it. He had a touchdown <laughs> in that game. Um, and that was also uh, uh, Holbrooks. Was it Holbrooks? Uh,
0: Byron Holbrooks. Byron
1: Holbrooks swallowed Stan White. I mean, White. engulfed yeah.
0: <laughs> him. Um, it was the first series. First series,
1: yeah. if I remember. And I think it was yep. third down. Um, it was a big play, but that that was just a great game. And that really that made me the loudest I've ever heard Legion Field. Now I'm sure somebody can tell me a game that was louder, or whatever. But I've been to a lot of games at Legion Field back when we used to do it. That was so loud. And you're right; it was just the the frustration being let out. Um, man, I boy, you took some of my thunder because I was going to really? throw.
0: I, I, I was surprised. I was surprised. <laughs> I mean I was kinda of taken off the off the cuff, uh not exactly our scripted show here, and uh I was kinda of surprised by the question. I'm like, wow, I don't know if I'm gonna have an answer for that, but that's that's immediately what welled the mind. Although nineteen ninety four, Alabama was undefeated. Yep, Albany was unbeaten. I think they had tied a game. They tied, Georgia. they tied Georgia. That's right. And uh that game uh game day was there, uh and, and, and it was only Game Day's second year of traveling on the road at that point. Up uh, a game day at Legion Field and uh uh and, and it was a close game. Alabama got off to a, a really big lead, if I remember, and kinda had to hold nothing. on to win yeah, then then had to hold on to win the game.
1: Well and if you uh, remember including- the game comes down to uh, a spot and this this is what's so funny. I mean, if you had ever reviewed, they probably would have reviewed this forty times, and I'm not sure it would have changed, but the spot and the spot was so close to the first down marker that like all the players and the refs were sort of huddled over it looking and eventually they said turnover on downs and Stan White uh was and it wasn't Stan White was it It was was Pat Nix I think it was Pat Nix Pat Nix was having a Uh, connection Pat Nix was the quarterback Pat Pat Nix was the quarterback in 94 yep um that was uh that was a fun game I was at that game too I was a student that year um man there have been a lot of them. Uh, of course, the, the 2000 to 2006, there weren't a lot of fun games, or 2007, I should say. The, I was at the game in 2001 uh, with Dennis Franchoni. That was up- a surprise, and-
0: Alabama win. You know, th- this series doesn't have a ton of surprises in it. That's the first thing. If I'm uh, rarely interviewed on like a national scale or something, or a statewide scale. Uh, I I bring that up first all the time. I I think people from outside Alabama don't realize or know this about the series. But the fact of the matter is that that thing that people say, well, when the the big rivals play, you can throw out the record books. Do not throw out the record books at Alabama-Auburn. You need the record books because the the record books will tell you who's going to win the game. The favorite almost always wins the Iron Bowl. The best team, the team who comes into the game who's played the best all year, almost always wins the iron bowl or if it's really close and both teams are pretty good Auburn tends to win because of some weird one one snap one play thing I mean the the game's almost consistent that way uh, in in terms of you kind of know what's going to happen before the game plays there's very few surprises in this series
1: yeah, they're not a lot of upsets, but that one was certainly an upset. I mean, that Alabama team yeah. had was just beating Auburn like that. Shoot, if you remember, we had like a third and 17 or third and 20, and we do one of those smoke draws to a mod Galloway of all people, and he ends up getting the first down. It was pretty nutty. Um, but, you know, I, that 2015 game was a lot of fun. The catch or Darius Stewart made on the pass from Jake Coker when he avoids Byron and Cowart. And then uh, Auburn comes back They're They're third and long. Jeremy Johnson just throws one up. He heaves it. I mean, you can almost hear him go eh! and he just sort of throws it up there. Like uh L- Lamar from, from revenge of the nerds throwing a javelin and it bounces off somebody else's hand into the hands of uh, the, your boy from Mobile. Jason Smith, Jason Smith, Jason yeah. Smith. Yeah. And, um, and then that's the only way Auburn scored. And, in fact, you know, I know in, in 14 – now, 14 was a lot of fun. And I, I think I was told this story on the podcast before. I was in a skybox for that game, and uh, there was some uh, an Auburn couple uh, in front of me. And they brought – they were sitting with an Alabama couple. And it was a younger girl, but younger girl, younger guy, younger girl, younger guy. And the younger Auburn girl, when Auburn was winning, they were – you know, they were in control initially. She kept saying, listen if Auburn wins, I don't want any pouty faces. We're all going to still go out and we're all going to have a good time and we're going to enjoy the atmosphere. And it's just going to be fun. It's all a game. You know, what's, what's the big whoop. I mean, more Eagle. Um, And so then Alabama comes up and they're winning 55 to, you know, after Derrick Henry scores is 55 to what, 38 or whatever it was, or 37. And um, I, I looked at her and I was like, "Y'all still, y'all still gonna go out and have fun, aren't you? Y'all gonna go out and have some fun tonight, right?" And she just stormed right out of the thing. She was so pissed. And, um, I was like, "If there's anything that ever captured the Iron Bowl, that moment is it." You know, just oh, it's just the game. It didn't mean anything. It didn't wink, wink, you're equal. Um, but uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. So, uh, you know, it's just gonna be. It, it's funny because. The the most memorable, game, memorable games are usually the ones that Auburn has won because they just win in the most unbelievable-type fashions. Now, I go back to the kick, right, the Van Tiffin kick. And another story about that one, I wouldn't at the game either. I, my parents had a condo in Destin, and um, at the time, like we had some people over to watch it, some friends of theirs, and I couldn't watch the kick. I was so nervous. I couldn't watch it. So, as soon as he starts, as soon as Van Tiven starts going towards the ball, I turn. I'd forgotten our whole house was made of mirrors. I mean, for whatever reason, my dad liked to watch himself do everything. And um, we have mirrors everywhere. And I turned around and all I can see is the reflection of the kick. And I'm, I mean, so I'm like, I remember even thinking in the moment, well, I've already seen Toe meat leather. I might as well watch it now, you know, <laughs> cuz it seemed like it took a while for the ball to get there, right? And that um, a long kick. Yeah, and so then then of course I was happy I got to see it. So, uh but I'll tell you one of my other stories in 2005, the Sack Brody game. Um yep. when Auburn went up Auburn was about to go up 14 nothing. I want to say there was about 9 minutes to go in the first quarter plus or minus. Auburn was about to go up 14 nothing. My brother and I didn't get into the stadium until there was 13 minutes, you know, two, two minutes had already passed from the kickoff. So we had been there for four minutes, plus or minus, of actual game time. And I looked at him and said, are you ready to go home? And he said, shit, what took you so long? So me and him <laughs> left. And we were like, "This shit's over. So we left, and we get from Auburn to Daveville, which is a, you know pretty close to halfway to Auburn, Auburn-Delic City. And my mom calls, who's also at the game. Now, she was in a skybox. The like my parents were the guests of some bank bigwig, and my mom says, "Hey, uh, y'all come pick me up." And we said, "Shit, we're in Daveville. We we done gone." Um. And <laughs> so the, the the theme was we weren't gonna sit there and watch our asses get kicked. We getting the hell out of Dodge. But um, Jimmy, let's go ahead and take a break, and let's talk about basketball when we come back. All right, Jimmy. So basketball tonight, Bama, Jacksonville State. We assume that game is still going to be played. A lot of college basketball games left and right being canceled, but you know it's going to be part of the part of the the deal. Just what we got to deal with here in the era of COVID. So, um, what do you think about tonight? The biggest question is who's going to be starting five?
0: Starting five. Uh, of course, we don't know that at, at the time that we're recording this. We don't know the answer to that. But uh, you know, my guess would be. Uh, I think Javon Quinterly will start at uh, point guard. I think uh, Jordan Bruner will be a big man inside. And I think the three wing players will be returning guys from last year, Jaden Shackelford, John Petty, and Herbert Jones. Uh, That will be my guess at the starting five. It's a little bit of a reach in the sense I'm including two new guys, but the fact of the matter is of the 11 Alabama scholarship players expected to play tomorrow night, of the 11 – only four returned from last year's team. The three I projected to be in the lineup, plus Alex Reese, who I believe will be coming off the bench. So, Quinterly, uh, Shackelford, Petty, Herbert Jones, and Jordan Bruner would be uh, my guests for the starting five. Did
1: you say Rojas or not? I, you didn't say Rojas, did
0: you? I did not say Rojas. Uh, I, I would have to come off the bench, but he, it wouldn't surprise me.
1: It Boy, it's so – I mean, every time I, I – Say you got to start him. I'm like, well, then you got to take somebody off. I'm like, who? Am I, oh, Quinterly's going to start and Petty's going to start, and I think Bruner's going to start. Okay, I think those three are entrenched. Now, for my money, I'm thinking. At first, I was like, okay, let's let Rojas start because you know I know that that's Nado's guy, and um, and Herb Jones come off the bench because that seems like a, what a role for him. Every time he comes off the bench, people are going to go nuts. Yep. I love it. But what if he did the other way around? What if what it? Why wouldn't it be good to do it the other way around? If Herb Jones really has improved his shot, why not let Herb Jones right. start the experienced cat, and then Rojas come in and be the uh, the you know the dirty right. work, the the crowd favorite? I kind of see that. Um, but man. we just
0: focus so much on starters when when really the focus should be on on minutes played, right? I mean, yeah, the focus I should be when the game's over. What what five guys played the most minutes? But instead, boy, we fans. Boy, who's who's the starters? And we're doing it here. But w- w- that's what we do. That's what what we fans do. That's what we focus on. But really, uh, I saw Nate Oates say uh, yesterday that uh, he's he's going to play eleven guys, twelve if uh, if Joan Gary is cleared to play. Uh, he says he's going to play all, all, you know all eleven guys at his disposal and and see what sticks and uh, and then by the conference. Uh, Conference games pair it down to eight or nine.
1: I mean I I I love it. I hope that's what happens. I hope we have we play so fast we have to play that many guys. Um sure. I think that'd be great. And uh, you know, I I feel like you gotta start Shackelford. He's such a such a scoring threat. Um and then but Ellis is getting a lot of uh, good pub. I'm, man, it's it's gonna be so much fun to watch this game at seven o'clock tomorrow tonight, I guess. Tonight, y'all are listening to this tonight. Um it's gonna be a lot of fun. I c ca- I can't wait. I just man we just please for the love of all things holy and sacred don't go out there and lay an egg don't go out we can't go out there and win <laughs> this game 62 to 58 right. I just, just don't I don't, I don't think you can't get in the
0: tournament you can't get in the tournament by beating Jacksonville state but you can damn sure not
1: get in yeah, that's right that's a that's a good point um so anyway everybody's tune in for that tonight that's going to be a lot of fun i can't wait for us to have a report on it. Meanwhile, Jimmy, we'll have a Thanksgiving podcast that we did uh, in conjunction with the Locked on Auburn guys. That'll be out for Thanksgiving. And you and I have got at least one more podcast we're going to do where we give our iron bowl predictions and talk a little more basketball, obviously. So looking forward to that. But for tonight, we're about to uh, call it quits, and we're going to go check out the college football playoff rankings ourselves. So roll tight, everybody.
0: Roll tight.